Welcome to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. Every other Wednesday, Adrian, your host, talks to key players in the fashion industry to discover new products and understand the challenges behind offering more responsible fashion and learn the solution available today. This podcast is brought to you by Première Vision, the leading event organizer for fashion professionals. To find out more, go to www.premiervision.com. Discover and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Uh, just before starting this episode, a little disclaimer to inform you that this episode was recorded back in February 2020, which is why we make no mention of the COVID-19 crisis. Please enjoy the conversation. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to Smart Creation, the podcast. Today, we are at Première Vision, and I'm meeting with Nicole Lambert, from Textile Exchange. Hello, Nicole. Hi. To begin with, could you please introduce yourself and yeah. your company, please? So, um, I'm Nicole Lambert. I'm, I'm French. Yes. Uh, and uh, I work for Textile Exchange, which is a NGO that was created in 2002. Initially, it was called Organic Exchange, and it was focused only on organic cotton, actually. And gradually, the, the, um, the NGO grew uh, with the intention of working on um, raw materials at the very beginning of the textile supply chain. Mm. And so we extended our focus to other fibers. So today we look at, yeah, almost everything, I would say. But uh, <laughs> we have a lot of synthetics and we look at... Um, Uh, we've, yeah, a wool and down have been big topics for us. And now we're looking into leather. So, um, yeah. Excellent. Great. <laughs> Sounds exciting. Um, what did you do before? Just a, a few words yeah. about uh, what you, you've done before. <laughs> my background. Yeah. So my background, actually, my background is more in toxicology. Mm. Uh, so related to chemical use and in industry. And so I worked um, in different uh, industries, but a lot with the mining industry. Uh, and the impact it had uh, on the environment Great. and uh, improving industrial processes, basically, and practices. Excellent. Um, first big question, uh, what does it mean according to you, um, sustainable fashion? Sustainable fashion, that's a good one. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it means something different to everyone, for sure. Yeah. Um, for me, sustainable... Um, Has my my understanding of sustainable has also actually really evolved over time, mm. just understanding more about the industry. Uh, but there's obviously the environmental component of mm. sustainability, which is really important, taking into consideration the resources we're using, what kind of damage we're making mm. and we're leaving behind us to the planet when, when we are extracting these resources, then the people that mm. are involved in in all of those processes mm. and then finally the waste <laughs> yeah. and what we do with all of it afterwards yeah. um, and I would say just generally actually our our behavior mm. and our relation to the planet and to each other is what I would consider as sustainability or to be considered in sustainability at least all right so it sounds like uh, the fashion industry realized a few months ago or a few years <laughs> ago <laughs> that we needed to do something about about sustainability um it's, it's a huge topic but uh, according to you what should we start what sh where should we start to become uh, a more uh, sustainable industry i think it's um because there are so many different topics to mm. work on mm. 
it's difficult to tackle everything at once. And I think it's important if it's for a brand or a supplier to maybe start off working with one topic, mm. regardless of which one it is, but kind of start off somewhere. Because yeah. <laughs> I can understand that it's really overwhelming, you know, we think about you know you've got water problematics you've got mm. raw materials and then mm. you've got climate change and it's you're just like where should i even start mm. and i think it's just important to have certain values mm. in your company and set um your priorities which might not be the priorities of another company right but hold to that and try and start working on at least one of those topics your ngo helps um brands Uh, to become more sustainable, mm -hmm. can you can you give us a, a can you give us a case study? Not uh, giving a, a name, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, where do you start with with the brands? Yeah, so um, textile exchange. Our focus is really on the very beginning of your of the supply chain, so mm. the raw materials. Yeah, um, and. I would say we don't work necessarily one-on-one -on -one with a company. Mm. Our idea is to give more uh, guidelines and overall uh, guidance to the industry, at, you know, at as all. Yeah. So level. at yeah. the global level. So, I mean, um, Textile Exchange worked a lot on cotton, obviously, yeah. and especially with organic cotton mm. for, a, for a very long time. Yeah. But I think, I mean, just generally what happens with us is we're... Um, We're a member-driven organization, so we mm. have our members, and they're very active, actually, uh, in initiating the topics we work yeah. with yeah. and also in helping us develop the solutions mm. that are needed for the market. Mm. So, um, we, yeah, <laughs> it, it can be very different. We, yeah. we do everything from, you know, providing learning opportunities and learning yeah. tools. Yeah. We've created standards when we thought they were necessary. So we've got like, you know, the responsible wall standard or the yeah. responsible down standard, yeah. which were created can you go after the demand. Yeah. Can we go deeper in, into all, all those uh, <laughs> certifications, <laughs> etc.? Yeah. For example, um, when it comes to organic, well, today mm -hmm. we had Première Vision and people are saying, this is got or mm -hmm. this is organic. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the difference? Okay. Yeah. So to start off with, yeah. There's the organic farming standard. Mm. So GOTS is not an organic farming standard. OCS, the organic content standard, which is textile exchange standard, is not an organic farmers farming standard. So what happens is in a country, you have a national standard for organic farming. So in France, we have the French organic farming uh, standard, which is actually part of our national legislation. Mm. So for a farmer to be certified organic they have to be certified according to the national legislation, generally speaking, mm. is how it happens mm. in all countries. And then what happens is that that organic, let's say it's cotton, that organic uh, material then ends up in the supply chain. And what you want is to make sure it doesn't get lost mm. and mixed with non-organic yeah. you know, material. And that's where GOTS or OCS come Okay. into play so their role is first of all to guarantee a chain of custody mm. which means that your organic material is managed in such a way that um it is separate it is you know dealt with in a separate way from conventional okay. so if you have a factory that is using both organic and conventional mm. then they have to have processes and systems in place to ensure that there's mm. no mix that happens okay. there And Excellent. to ensure that you, you're supposed to know, 
you know, the amount of organic cotton that comes into your factory mm. has to equal the amount that's leaving it. <laughs> is yeah. the principle behind that's, it. That's a real topic there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, when talking about with the people, well, first of all, what's the difference between OCS and GUTS? Is it which one is the strongest? Uh, which one we should go, <laughs> we'll go for? Yeah. Yeah. So they're different uh, in the sense. So first of all, they have they both have this um, chain of custody yeah. um, system. Mm -hmm. So that's really uh, fundamental. And uh, the organic content standard is mm -hmm. only chain of custody. Yeah. GOTS has on top of that social and environmental and chemical requirements mm. in their standard. So it is a higher standard in that way because mm. it takes into consideration these additional aspects that the OCS does not. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, and you were talking about something very interesting because on the market right now, when I'm talking with people, with, um, with, uh, with fabric makers, etc., They said, okay, guts, uh, it's difficult to trust it because there is more, there, there is more, um, guts on the market than what is grow actually. Yeah, it's grown. Yeah. I think, um, so the, the systems in place today, mm -hmm. these traceability systems, um, are what they are today. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for the moment, it's, it's a lot of paperwork. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's dealt with uh, by third parties, so certification yeah. bodies, mm. which are responsible to one, certify a factory yeah. according to that standard, mm. but also certify each transaction. So when my cotton goes from plant A to plant B, then there's a transaction certificate that is generated and that is supposed to be controlled mm. by a third party to ensure that the quantity that entered plant A mm. equals what they're declaring to send to plant yeah. B, for instance. Now, it's not a perfect system. Mm -hmm. uh, as I said, uh, it's, um, it's still quite um, um, paper-based. Yeah. Uh, I think it's also very important to say that, you know, um, a lot of the production happens in countries where there is a high level or of risk of corruption yeah. as well. Mm. Um, so the situation is what it is today. Yeah. Um, but it is something I know that GOTS and Textile Exchange are very aware of, you know, uh, mm. in terms of limitations yeah. and they're working on solutions. And of course. we're actually building um, a big database uh, mm. for uh, certification transaction certificates. Yeah. And so at least trying to go forward in a more digitalized way mm. where you know, things would go through we'll a platform. Limit, yeah, yeah. yeah. And hopefully, you know, limit the corruption. Limit, um, yeah, corruption there. Yeah. Mm. And, and at the end of the day, this is the only uh, system we've got in place, right? Yeah. <laughs> <for the> <laughs> to trust it. I mean, there's other systems. I mean, you know, there's more technology that's yeah. being developed and, yeah. and stuff. And I'm, I'm sure that can also support um, this kind of system. Yeah, But yeah, yeah. yeah. Can we go a little bit deeper as well um, on the RWS? Mm -hmm. And you were talking about something else? The, uh, the responsible down standard, yeah, maybe? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So both of those are animal standards. Yeah. So the responsible wool standard is um, a standard I wouldn't be able to say when it was created. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. the new revision is coming out this year, so version two is out soon. Um, the responsible wool standard is composed of two elements. Mm. So there's a farm standard, mm. which looks into animal welfare, specific to sheep, 
yeah. and um, and also land management related to grazing because it's grazing animals. So yeah. you want to ensure that land is managed in a sustainable way, yeah. right? Uh, and then that's combined with a chain of custody standard throughout the supply chain again mm. to ensure the traceability of your certified material mm. and to ensure as much as possible that, you know, you can make claims about your product yeah. at the end of the supply chain saying yeah. that this is produced with mm. RWS certified um, wool. So that's that. And then down um, is... Uh, for the moment, it's only an animal welfare uh, standard. So at the farming level, yeah, it's animal welfare uh, criteria. And yep. then same thing associated with a chain of custody um, standard throughout the supply chain. Let's talk about um, a cleavage uh, topic, um, the polyester. This one is very difficult because uh, we are talking about uh, recycled polyester, uh, polyester, but polyester is everywhere. Mm -hmm. it's, it's quite... Um, It's always very impressive when you come at Première Vision, for example, and there's polyamide and uh, polyester mm -hmm. in almost every fabric. Mm -hmm. uh, what do we do? What do we do? I mean, this fiber yeah. is everywhere. It's cheap. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's easy to clean. Uh, I mean... I mean, I, I understand that it was so cool at some point, but now mm. we understand that this is the not cool anymore. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, I think, I mean, that's that's the thing. Uh, I think you've actually summed it up quite well. Mm. Uh, the problem is that the benefits and the economic um, advantages mm. of this fiber is, um, is the reason why it's so successful, mm. you know, and it's being used so largely. Um And then, you know, there are, I mean, there are options. Um, you can, um, there's bio-based um, polyester, there's recycled polyester. Mm. The only issue with it is that you're producing the same polyester. Uh, so you'll have the same problematics with uh, microfibers, microplastics, mm. and, um, and, you know, long, long lifespan. <laughs> so what to do with it? Um, I think it really just comes down to the values of each company. Mm. Um, if you want to transition towards more natural uh, fibers uh, is, is one option. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's difficult to, to say. I think it's up to each company to, to make that decision. But yeah. being very knowledgeable of the consequences of using that fiber, mm. Mm. I think that that's what's important as well. Mm. And being educated about it. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's another topic I want to talk about with you. Uh, sorry, you, you are making me very curious. <laughs> um, is uh, leg leg legislation. Uh, I think we arrive at some point that, I mean, I mean, the country needs to legiferate mm. and, uh, and make some laws to, uh, to accelerate the fashion mm. uh, revolution mm. uh, when it comes to sustainability. Uh, where are we uh, when it comes to this? <laughs> Good question. I mean, I think, um, I mean, clearly, it's actually quite surprising to tell you the truth because a lot has been done in terms of sustainability, yeah. but just from the initiative of companies and the mm. industry itself. And it hasn't been driven by legislation. 
And for having worked in other industries, it ha- does not work like that. Usually changes happen because legislation is there yeah. and you have to comply to it. And mm-hmm. that's how you get the sector to move. So it's very surprising actually that the, you know, the fashion industry you know, took that initiative on their own and, and has done a lot and actually came a really long way in, in many ways. Mm. Now, the problem with it not being a legislative um, obligation is that it kind of comes to each company to decide what they want to do or not. You know, so some are going to do really well and for some companies. You know, it's the core of their their values, the core of their 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 whole concept of doing business and for others it's not and they're really really behind Mm. and they shouldn't so legislation has its place i believe um i think you know um no they they are realizing that there is a need for it and there is definitely a lack of legislation today in Mm. europe for instance there's so little so Mm. so little um, it's it's, it's uh, less than in the US or in Asia? No, uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. But just compared to other industries, yeah. it's okay. it's very little. Mm. It's it's nothing compared to other industries. But I think it's definitely picking up in mm. certain countries more than others. Uh, and there's, um, yeah, I mean, I can. I lived in Norway for a long time, and I kind of follow the politics uh, over yeah. there. But last um, summer it was kind of interesting because the um, the Norway, Norwegian EP. So Environmental Protection Agency went out on this massive campaign where they started assessing environmental sustainability claims made by certain brands. Yeah. So they they took their claims and they compared them to what it actually meant or if there was any meaning behind it. And they actually forced several companies to take down whole, you know, slogans and promotional labels about their sustainability performance because they considered that there was no backing to that mm. and it was misinforming the consumer. So I think there's definitely, you know, things are going to pick up mm. there. And how can we accelerate this uh, this thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the legislative um, path. Well, the, I, I, the legislative and and more globally, the, um, I mean, the, this this whole revolution that needs to, yeah. to to happen. I mean, like the whole revolution. I think it's definitely a question of you know everyone getting together and doing it. It has to be um, a collective. Mm action collective impact mm. um i mean if you you think about the brands so many brands share the same suppliers you know there is uh, it it has to come from the collective and mm. not the individual in a way yeah um and how to accelerate it i mean there are many good reasons that this needs to be accelerated um, mm. So yeah, legislation is is one way of doing that. You mm. know, it would force people to have to do it, um, but it takes time to to set up as well in a way. Um, so yeah, sorry, do not have a perfect answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, no, it's it's a very di- very difficult uh, topic. Um, how do you see the future uh, of textile exchange uh, when it comes to sustainability? What you what are you going to to focus on in the in the coming years? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're still you know focusing on raw materials yeah. and finding solutions to mm. reduce the impact of producing virgin materials. Mm. 
Uh, but circularity is obviously a hot topic yeah. for everyone. Yeah. Um, and so finding ways to integrate circularity more and more in, mm. in a realistic and a holistic way in, in these supply chains. Is Where are we at the, at the moment when it comes to circularity, to uh, regeneration, to uh, recycling? Okay. Yeah. yeah. It looks a very sexy word, but at mm. the end of the day, when you look at the, <laughs> at yeah. the, at the fabric here, yeah. at Première Vision, this is, I mean, we are not there yet. Yeah, well, yeah, that's we're not there yet. There's a lot of um, investment in innovation, mm. which is great, and more and more technologies to recycle. Yeah. But I think besides recycling, there's also, you know, all this game, this work to do around, you know, collecting all the used garments, um, but also reducing, you know, <laughs> reducing how much we're actually producing, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we could make that a loop. Mm. Um, but at some point, we need to reduce consumption. We can't yeah. just keep on going, you know, increasing consumption. Mm. Um, it's not but possible for the planet. But this is a, a paradigm uh, change, right? Yeah. Um, where are we about this paradigm change? Yeah. Um, I'm sure, I mean, when I'm talking with my friends and family, etc., we are all thinking this way, but at the end of the day, Uh, personally, I'm starting a brand. Uh, what are we talking about? We are talking about growing the business, mm -hmm. uh, selling more. Uh, and even though we are on pre-order only, I mean, at the end of the day, we are in still in this mindset of uh, of, of growing. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so what should we do? What should we do? I have no idea what we should do. Mm. I mean, it's... Uh, I think everyone is is kind of stuck in that you know what to what to do um this is the economic and financial system we we live in today and mm. we promote um and so the business models are based on that as well so of course it's all about producing more I mean obviously if we produce better it's it's always better as well and mm. uh, now with this concept of circularity it's it's also you know people I think are trying to find ways to reuse or recycle yeah. um, things to not have to you know use or dig into natural resources more mm. but I mean all of that does still have a cost on on the environment but significantly less um, but yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. No worry. Uh, let's move to, to the quick rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, what is the last piece of clothes you bought? Uh, I don't buy much. Um, actually, I'm pregnant. And so I just got some pregnancy clothes, but I didn't buy it. <laughs> I got it off someone. So I didn't even buy it. I don't know what I bought less. I'm not. Yeah. Oh, God. What did I buy last? That's good news. Yeah. Right? If you didn't buy second, anything, yeah. second hand, yeah, uh, second hand yeah. vintage dress I bought before Christmas. Yeah, that was probably it. <laughs> Great. Who's the personality you would like to listen to in this podcast? Oh. Uh, do you know Helen Crowley? No. She's super interesting. Yeah. What is she doing? She so she uh, she she worked with topics uh, around biodiversity mm -hmm. and conservation for a very very long time uh, working for uh, I, I think it was the World Bank anyhow big um, 
institutions. Mm. And then she worked for uh, Caring for a while, yeah. the group Caring. She managed to do quite a lot there and, and just in the sector in general, in, initiating a lot of change and a lot of thoughts around mm. biodiversity and the impact Great. of the industry on biodiversity. It's super interesting. Wow. She's, uh, yeah, very interesting. <laughs> Where do you look at to get inspired? Oh, Well, I'm a big fan of nature. <laughs> cool. So I spend a lot of time outside in nature. And yeah, I think uh, that's, that's what I look out to and remind myself of. That's the purpose of what I do in this, in this job. So, yeah. Cool. And um, what do you want to close the door to in this industry? Misinformation mm. is, uh, is a big one. Because today, because it's not regulated, it's true, people, people can basically say whatever they want. Yeah. And they're not really, I mean, they're held accountable if an, you know, an, an NGO Greenpeace or WWEF passes by there and, mm. and manages to catch them doing something. But yeah, base, base what you say on, on what you actually do mm -hmm. and on data. And don't misinform people. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much, Nicole. That was uh, very interesting to talk to you. Uh, all the best for the future and um, and good luck with the baby. Or do you think? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> dit en anglais. That works. Yeah. À bientôt. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast till the end. If you want to support this initiative, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you follow. Just click on the subscribe button, rate it five stars, and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to share the podcast on your favorite social media. Thank you for listening to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. 